The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh, Jody, you know I am. Let's do this. So how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. It's summer and it's it's good. It is and the middle like, of summer. I can't believe. Yeah, it is the middle of summer. So it's good. And, um, you know, it, it's just been good. And yeah. the book is almost done. And so that's really good, too. I know. Jody is writing a follow-up book to her first book, The Radical CPA, if you are, if you've been following along at home and um, we're working on it together and it is almost to the proofreader. So it's very exciting. Um, so, you know, what, one thing that I like to do every summer is go back to Maine where, where I'm from. And um, I met up with Stan, who is our guest today, who is an f- old family friend and he has had a business for a long time. And I actually never really knew what he did. I always thought he was like in, in antiques, but I really didn't understand like what he actually does, but he actually has a really interesting business um, helping people sort of liquidate their homes when that time comes. You know, I'm sure that's for um, for many reasons, but, um, you know, so we're going to talk to Stan today. I'm pretty excited to talk to Stan. And um, so let me let me introduce him. How about that? Um, so throughout a 25-year career in the retail business managing and buying for such operations as Ward Brothers, a women's specialty store, World Traders, a retailer of international goods, and Stan Laurie Furs, a full-line fur and leather goods shop. Stan enjoyed a hobby of buying and studying antiques. The interest That interest brought him to antique shops, auctions, antique shows, and flea markets across the country and occasionally abroad. He felt the experience he'd gained in retail management and his passion for antiques could be combined to serve the needs of people downsizing their homes or for family members disposing of their loved one's property. Um, what Stan discovered was that the work of breaking up a home was an ominous task for many people and filled with emotion. Many people found themselves so overwhelmed that they did not know where to begin. What they desired was someone that they could trust with experience, contacts, and a willingness to assist them throughout the entire process. So with that, Stan launched um, Stan Laurie Enterprises, pro- uh, providing the entire range of services required to liquidate the contents of a home. And he is based in Maine, which is my home state. So welcome to the show, Stan Laurie. Yeah, hi. Uh, welcome. Thank you for having me on, Jody and Liz. Uh, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah. So, so tell us. I mean, we we got a little bit of your story right here, but sort of, you know, tell us how uh, how you actually got your first client to do what you do today. 
Well, you know, that, that's really interesting. Um, when I talk to some of the friends that I have in, uh, in town, um, one, uh, there was an operation called Cedars, which is a, mm-hmm. um, a home for the aged here in, in Portland. It's an assisted living place. And they were buying a new property. And there was a house next door that they wanted to um, purchase as well, uh, you know, to facilitate this growth of this new development that they were doing. Um, and so a person that worked um, on that committee um, called me and said, Stan, do you think you can help us uh, get this house emptied? Uh, so mm. I, I did. I, I went. I met with the uh, people that owned it. I recognized that there was an incredible amount of stuff in there, um, and in order for them to actually uh, make the sale, they really needed to get it empty. Um, so um, I uh, essentially had an, an on-site estate sale because mm-hmm. of my previous experiences of yard sales and auctions and so on and so forth. I had a pretty good handle on how to do it, brought in a lot of tables, hired a few uh, friends actually uh, to help me set it up, worked for about five days, and in the process was able to really liquidate about 90% of the contents. A few of the things just weren't saleable and really needed to go to charity or to the dump. While I was working there, while I was working there, um, a woman approached me and said, um, you know, we have a situation in South Portland, which was about, you know, 15 minutes away from where I was working, and asked me if I could help them uh, do the same thing. And that really launched my career because not only did I have one um, experience, you know, behind me, but I also had another one coming up. I became kind of the local guy that was able to do this stuff for people, and that's how it really developed. And so did you did you ever think that this is what you were going to do like when the when they asked you about when the people from Cedars asked you about you know helping were you like huh I never really or did it just not cross your mind and you just went for it like what was your response Well my my response was that first of all I had I have been involved in the buying and selling of stuff, um, you know, for years. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, during the time that I was in, in the retail business, I would spend Saturday mornings running around um, to yard sales and, and doing, you know, sales at my home um, mm-hmm. two to three times a year. In, including, I think, once in a while, I think your dad was involved with us with, uh, you know, <laughs> Probably. To, to bring their stuff over and try to sell it on my front lawn. And, and that developed into, you know, a little, I, I had a garage, which we filled up, I, you know, from sale to sale to sale that I went to. Um, if I saw something that I thought, you know, I could buy for a dollar and sell it for two, um, I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really did have experience um, already, but that was truly a hobby. And mm-hmm. uh, in developing the business, really what, what set me uh, in this direction was that I knew a lot of antique dealers. And what they would talk about, you know, when I would be at an auction is how they would go into a house and they would buy something from a client, you know, from a person, um, make a lot of money on it but really not help them, um, you know, solve the problem of really getting out of the house that they're in, uh, transitioning into the next situation for them. And what I learned was that really people need a lot of assistance. It's not mm-hmm. only uh, skimming off the top and buying the best things that they have 
but it's really getting down and dirty and, you know, dealing with uh, the Tupperware and everything else that's in a house, figuring right. out how to dispose of everything that they need to get rid of. And that was really the need that people had. And so I sort of designed my business with that in mind. Um, you know, my experience in retail um, certainly taught me a lot about um, how to deal with people, how to approach them, um, you know, not to say, oh, gosh, this place is a big mess, but, yes, we can handle it. And it was mm-hmm. a very positive approach to people that were really in need, um, and that's how I, I, I essentially, uh, that was my philosophy. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a house and you, like, just eyeball it, do you know, like, 20% of the stuff is good stuff and 40% of the stuff is moderate stuff and the last 40 is junk? How do you, like, I mean, I'm sure it takes years of experience, but do you know kind of what those ratios are when you walk into a house? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. You're not terribly far off from the numbers that you just quoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can She tell is an you accountant, is, by the way, so that, yeah, that was okay. really... <laughs> you know, what I can tell you is that... Um, that because of the, the way my business is operated today, um, I represent several auction companies. I have retail space where I sell out of myself in, uh, in two different cities in Maine. Um, I have a network of dealers that, um, that specialize in certain items. So when I walk, and I also you know, do some Internet sales as well, so when I walk into a house, I'm focusing on how can we, uh, you know, best serve this client? How can we best generate the most revenue, uh, you know, from the items that are in the house? And so I'm sort of looking at everything and breaking them down into these pieces can go to auction number one. This group, I've got a dealer that's interested in buying Oriental rugs, so I can call that dealer, and I know that he plays very, pays very well. I've vetted all of the dealers that I work with directly, so I, I know uh, what to expect from them. Um, and, you know, if there are items that would be well served to do on the Internet, I would take those and, and use um, an eBay site. Uh, to sell them for clients. So I, I look at the whole picture, but in my mind, I'm breaking it down into pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and your percentages of 20, 40, and 40 are pretty accurate. There's always a lot of stuff that just needs to be either donated or disposed of. And I work with people that handle that as well. Uh, so, um, you know, I try to be a really full-service operation, uh, and at the end of the day, I get lots of nice feedback from my clients that they were able to get the job done. Yeah, and I mean, because it's, it's an, um, I, an emotional process, because a lot of times when you're liquidating a home, it means somebody has passed away, or there's some big life transition happening, I would imagine. So, I mean, what are some of the, what's the initial conversation like with your client? Somebody calls you and like, what are some of the questions they're asking you? What are some of the questions you're asking them? Well, the, the questions that I ask them are really what, um, you know, what basically are, they, are their needs? What is the timing of this? Uh, mm-hmm. That can be sensitive as well. Um, I also occasionally do some on-site sales, like the ones that I described in the beginning of, my, um, of our discussion. And, um, you know, the house has to be right in order to set it up as a retail store, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be good parking available. There has to be opportunities to put signing out. Um, you know, so there's a lot of issues involved, you know, in 
dealing, you know, with a, with the personal property. Um, you know, I also, you know, because of my own experience with my own parents having to liquidate mm-hmm. my, you know, my folks' home, um, you know, recognize that it is a very trying time for people. Um, there's often a number of different family members. Uh, there's there's attachments to the things that are in the house. Um, lots mm-hmm. of memories, uh, you know, that people have uh, experience, you know, living in the home. And it's not always that I'm dealing also, I should say, with estates, but I also, you know, work today with a lot of people that are the, the baby uh, boomer generation who, mm-hmm. are, who are just downsizing themselves. They're, right. um, they're still capable and, um, you know, know what they want, know what they want to do. Typically, their kids don't want any of the stuff that they have, <laughs> right. um, you know, which is really very common. Uh, so that it's a question of, again, you know, helping them find new homes for the things that they want to dispose of. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Stan all about his business, um, Stan Laurie Enterprises. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Stan Laurie from Stan Laurie Enterprises. He is out in Maine, my home state. And um, so, Stan, it's been really interesting talking to you because you help families liquidate their homes. Um, and so, so tell us. Okay, I have a two prong question. How mm-hmm. how do you know? what is worth keeping and what is worth tossing. That's number one. And what are some of the most amazing, unique, expensive things that you have found in people's homes? Oh, that, both of those are very good questions. You know, first <laughs> of all, um, when it comes to what to sell and what to keep, um, each of the clients, um, you know, have some personal preferences. Oftentimes, you know, they're moving into smaller quarters. Um, mm-hmm. And so the typical things that we know that we, um, you know, liquidate are usually they're in a three-bedroom house moving to a two-bedroom place. Usually they are have a, a dining room uh, set up, which and they're moving into a um, a smaller space so that they're going to have an open floor plan instead of a physical dining room that they work with. So those are the, the typical things. That, you know, we often sell bedroom furniture and we often sell uh, that living, that dining room set that they've mm-hmm. had. And it, sometimes it's 50 years old and sometimes it can be 200 years old. Mm-hmm. But they're certainly glad to get those things out of the house. The, the other thing is that whenever someone is transitioning from, you know, their home to a new quarters, um, they they have to make the selections of the kinds of things that they really want to take with them. Um, and you, and oftentimes it's the better things that they have in the house. So, you know, that pretty much covers it. I'm not really mm-hmm. making the selections. The client is making the selection on what they want to keep. And then my goal is to be able to liquidate the balance. Um, there gotcha. are things that we, the things that we have that we sell at auction these days are changing. Um, mm-hmm. What used to be what used to be really hot, you know, the oak furniture um, in New England was very common, and we used to get very good prices. And today, it's not as important. Um, the um, you know pieces around the turn of the century that used to be so collectible aren't as important anymore. Um, so there's really been a change. We're seeing that there's a lot more interest in uh, mid-century American mm-hmm. stuff, so mid-20th century stuff. It's becoming mm-hmm. a lot hotter. And I think that there's also a lot of interest in painted furniture. So there's really been a change in what people want. Um, we donate a lot of times, um, you know, things like the beds uh, that are hard to resell. People are concerned about bed bugs um, on upholstered furniture. So a lot of times upholstered furniture has to be donated or just disposed of. And I hope those answer your question about that. Uh, mm-hmm. The concept of what are some of the great things that we've sold, um, I represent several different auction companies. One of them is in North Carolina, actually. And um, out of a home in uh, Yarmouth, Maine, um, last year, we uh, took out a pair of George Jensen candelabrum, which were uh, about 18 inches tall. Uh, they went down to, uh, we shipped them down to North Carolina. Um, in that auction house, they um, did a, had a, a professional polish job done on them. They straightened the arms, you know, the candle holders, uh, so that they would be in perfect shape. 
We expected them to bring somewhere between ten and twelve thousand dollars. They sold for twenty nine thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, um, we, wow. we. I have a. I have a really great story about um, an old Orchard Beach um, situation years ago. A few years ago, um, we had this client that was uh, cleaning out uh, a house and a group of cabins. And I know Liz is pretty familiar with that from her experience mm-hmm. living in Maine. Um, in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, a lot of people have a master house and cabins on their property that they lease in the summer. So the, the, these, these folks took all of the things out of the cabins loaded up the house so you could hardly walk through it. And when I got there to meet with them, they were upstairs in a bedroom, and there was a group of of photographs that they were throwing in a plastic garbage bag uh, to get ready to dispose of them. I said, wait, don't do that. Let me take a look at those photographs. Um, there were four, uh, there were ten photographs that were of the Ansel Adams Oh my goodness! Format. They were not Ansel Adams, but they okay. were actually a member of their family. Had photographed them out west, um, in in the same time period, and also probably in the same canyons and mountains ranges that um, that Ansel Adams had traveled and done. End of the story. The the entire project was a twenty thousand dollar return for the family. <laughs> On wow. um, on the uh, entire contents of the house, ten thousand dollars of that was the ten photographs, and wow. everything else that they had was valued at around at, at ten thousand dollars. So, don't throw away you your know, old art, people. Yeah, that's that's the... Do not throw away. You know, call Stan in before <laughs> you start throwing things in the dumpster. That's that's so my then this word like anti. So when you watch the TV shows like Antique Roadshow, then there is some truth to them that people oh, do really have some good junk. Yeah, there certainly is. Uh, you know, the difference, the reality of, of that show, though, I think is really kind of fun. Um, you know, you, you see, um, you know, people lined up and walking into this place, but you also see the pieces that they're actually highlighting that have real good value. You know, sometimes you'll see an 85-year-old man standing next to his uh, grandmother's tall chest, uh, and you know that that tall chest, he didn't bring that in on the back of his uh, truck. Um, you know, it's, it's these the items that they really focus on uh, during their hour broadcast uh, have been very well selected. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, uh, they'll go to the home. Uh, people photograph them and send pictures to them. Uh, so that's basically how those things uh, develop. But there are certainly lots of things. Um, you know, we often hear, gee, I saw a picture, uh, I saw, was watching uh, Antique Roadshow, and I have a table exactly like the one that they offered, you know, for $10,000. And when we get to the house, we find out that what they have is a reproduction piece that was made in the 1940s. That sure, it does look a lot like that antique Sheridan uh, table, but it certainly doesn't have the value of that. Right, right. Yeah, and so, so now, um, how has your business changed with like eBay and stuff? Like, how much of your 
um, of your business now is you'll see this stuff and then you you position it online versus taking it to a dealer. Yeah, well, the the online uh, business is really a small piece of it. Um, what in the early days of the you know the nineteen ninety eight was my first uh, January of ninety eight was the first time that we started using eBay, and at that time, um, you know, and even for an additional ten or so years, uh, you could put anything on eBay and get crazy prices for it. Uh, but over the last, um, you know, 10 or 12 years, I would say, what's happened is that um, there's just such a plethora, whatever you say that word is, uh, tons and mm-hmm. tons of stuff um, on eBay. And if one guy, um, you know, sells an item for $20, um, you know, there'll be 200 more of them that are on the next day. So, mm, right. you know, so I think that it's really changed dramatically. The things that we have success on eBay are very rare and unusual items, um, and there, there is still an opportunity there. They also need, you know, in my situation, they also need to be small uh, items that are easily packed and shipped, um, mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference. It's very difficult, you know, to sell furniture for clients uh, and use eBay. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what? How do you decide what goes on the internet, or what doesn't? But it seems yeah. like it has to be sort of unusual, and yeah. you know, obviously it's easy. easy to ship. But you know, I see people on eBay and and Etsy, you know, mm-hmm. selling their furniture and their art. I mean, you know, big pieces of things that people want to buy, and I think that's kind of yeah. you know. Well, nuts, in, in but. the relationship that I have with my clients, we're we're dealing with it with a um, a limited time period. Um, yeah. You know, you know, they're they have a closing date on a house, or their the house is being gotten ready uh, to put on the market for sale. Um, so we're dealing with shorter time periods. If you have infinite you know amount of time to work with uh, certain pieces of merchandise, the internet may be the best alternative for that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it isn't always when the goal is to eliminate things and do them in a rather quick time period. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where the auction houses come in. With, with my relationship with the auction houses, we're able, uh, to, I'm able to go into a home, review the contents. In some cases, I'll use three different auction houses uh, that are all you know, within a 20-mile radius of here. Um, and they and they have special they specialize in different types of things. I have one auction house that specializes really in in art, um, mm-hmm. so that when we have good pieces of art, uh, I'm able to funnel those uh, to auction number one. Um, we also have a better auction company in Kennebunk that handles you know nicer, finer things and and more antique items, um, mm-hmm. and and I'm able to get. You know those things uh, to them. A third auction company that I use um, handles more moderate household things, some antiques, some things that are you know that are older. Uh, but they're also willing to go very deep and take a lot of personal property out of a home, uh, so that when I'm you know when we're dealing with a short time frame, having the auction companies come in pack, remove those items, then they can be sold in two weeks or three weeks or five weeks later, uh, and then the clients, you know, will get the benefit of of their share of the value of those. Yeah. So before we we have to take a break, but just a quick question. I mean, how have you built up the relationships with, you know, your your dealers and your auctioneers? I mean, was it just a matter of sort of, you know, 
calling them and giving them business or, I mean, you know, how did you build up the relationship with them? Yeah, well, okay. With the, with the auction houses, um, uh, I have, I'm essentially an agent for them. Okay. The, the, my gotcha. value to the auction house is that I'm able to find opportunities for them mm-hmm. and I actually make the deal. Uh, and then the auction company, without having to make the deal and then come and pick up the stuff, they are able to just go pick up the stuff. Right. And, okay. And so, so, gotcha. so I effectively, um, you know, facilitate the relationship between the auction company and and my and our client. Um, okay. When it comes to the to the um, dealers, um, you know, I've met tons of people over the years uh, at a lot of the auctions that I go to, uh, and what I what I found is that pe- some people can be very trustworthy and can pay fair prices, and other people are looking for the quick. Buy and as I vet these people and try them and give them opportunities to to come and deal with my clients, um, I, I learn very quickly who is fair and who is not. Mm-hmm. And the people that are fair are people that I call over and over again because I know that my clients are going to be best served that way. Mm-hmm. And the people that aren't get a one-time chance, and that's the end of the deal. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So we're, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to keep talking to Stan Laurie of Stan Laurie Enterprises. Stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit NewVisionCPAGroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And we are talking to Stan Laurie, who liquidates old houses. But first, we do have to give a quick shout-out to Intuit and thank them for sponsoring our show. Um, what's really interesting to me, Stan, is, like, the business side of this. And, you know, I like to get in people's financial underwear drawers, so hopefully <laughs> this won't get too personal. But what I want to know is, how do you actually make money off of the sale? Is it a commission? Do you split? How do you um, arrange to... Um, share for your expertise for what you bring to the people whose homes you liquidate? Okay, very, very good question. And there's lots of different ways that I can earn some money. Um, The the first way is with with the auction companies, um, I share in their standard auction prices. If if you were to call um, any of the auction people that I work with, the price that they would quote you for the commission structure would be exactly the same as when I uh, make make the arrangement, um, they share the commi- their commission with me uh, because I have been able to facilitate the opportunity for them uh, to sell the items. So on the on the auction world, um, I, I'm a, a, a portion of the commission, and I do not charge the client for that because the auction companies pay me. When okay. I work directly with um, buyers, uh, you know, what, what I'll call dealers, who handle certain categories of merchandise and, and purchase from my clients, I work on a commission on that basis. So, um, And the commission that I charge um, w- is less than the commission that they would pay uh, the auctioneers. Uh, which which is included which includes my income as well. So if I have if I know that somebody is the high bidder at these typical auctions and a person that I can trust and that will pay a fair price, the commission that I can charge my client will fall below what they would typically um, end up paying uh, the auction house. Uh, when it comes to uh, internet sales that I do for clients, I have a I have a fee structure that I that I charge for that, um, and it, it's usually between thirty and forty percent of the total um, of the total price that they re- that we receive uh, for the item. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is, and that's a little higher than the auction houses as a rule, but. Uh, the difference is that we give them an international opportunity to buy uh, so that we have a broader client base um, you know to sell to number one and uh, number two, in addition to um, the fee structure that I charge i 'm also paying uh, for expenses that are associated with putting things online uh, right. and then thirdly um, I, uh, fourthly I guess. Um, I do do uh, oftentimes, and I will be doing one tomorrow, uh, an appraisal for a client. Uh, so I'm going into a home. I'm going to be doing an appraisal for estate purposes. Um, so those are charged, you know, on a on a fee basis, you know, for an hourly fee. Uh, and then additionally, if I'm actually spending a good deal of time in the sorting of personal property in in a home, um, I do charge an hourly rate for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Interesting. So now none of this stuff actually becomes your inventory, right? So it's just uh, you're no, like that, a consigner that, almost. Not exactly true. Um, I, I, I mentioned earlier that I have a couple of retail locations that I sell mm-hmm. out of. Uh, and what I what I do when I'm interested in purchasing an item from a client, um, uh, which I which are all small items, by the way, that are that are in glass cases in my retail locations, um, you know, I make sure that that the offer that I make to them is going to be um, very close to what the item would sell for at auction, and I pay that full price without them having to pay the commission for auction. So um, if I were to purchase a $100 item at auction, I would pay 110 or 115 um, at the um, at the auction for that item. Um, the client would get, and, and the, because of a buyer premium that's added to the price of the highest bid, um, and if the client were to sell that item, they may have a 25 or 30% commission that they would pay um, the auctioneer, so they would be getting less. And I'm willing to pay the $100. I save the, the buyer premium, and they end up with more money in their pocket. And, and I'm very fair about that, and I have a real good handle on the kinds of things that I buy, what they're likely to get at auction. Right, because you know how it's going to sell and what's what's going to yeah. happen with it after, because you, yeah. you know your inventory well enough. So how do you keep track of all of this? So do you use online software? Do you keep it in an Excel spreadsheet? What's well, your accounting I use, system? I use QuickBooks, um, okay. which mm-hmm. I'm very happy with, by the way. Uh, and I also have um, Google Drive, which is my inventory that I own, uh, mm-hmm. so that each piece of inventory uh, that I purchase um, is given a lot number, an SKU number essentially, and um, and is you know is in my QuickBooks. When I sell it, I delete it, and then I can reuse that number over and over again. Um, you know, as as a new item comes in, so I typically have anywhere between you know um, fifteen hundred and two thousand items of inventory at any given time uh, that I'm that I personally own uh, and I'm handling. And now, do you do it all yourself, or do you have someone who helps you, like that a bookkeeper, or your wife, or <laughs> someone? I mean, how, how do you who helps you with the the administrative part of the day to day with the business? Oh boy, you're you're asking a good question. I'm I'm a one man <laughs> operation. Uh, what I what I learned from my retail career um, for many many years is that um, uh, you know depending on other people can be very difficult at times. And mm-hmm. um, and so the administrative stuff I handle myself. Uh, you know sometimes Joan will feel my wife Joan will will feel um, phone calls for me. Uh, I get a lot of referral business. Um, I, I hardly advertise anymore. I did in my early in the early days of my career, which is over twenty five about twenty five years ago. I I needed to advertise. I don't anymore. Um, you know, I have a local um, reputation here. You know, as being a kind of a fair guy, and um, and I have a number of real estate people that uh, refer me. I have lawyers that refer me. I have previous clients that refer me. Uh, and some of those folks are calling my home, and Joan fields those questions for me. And and uh, but for the most part, I'm with my cell phone at all times, and uh, we'll get the calls um, while I'm 
working on other projects or on the run somewhere. So, I mean, how many of these can you do at once? Like, how do you schedule this out? Um, are you working with multiple clients at a time? Do you take one at a time? I mean, how does it work? Kind oh, of definitely work way. with multiple people at a time. Um, yeah. The, you know, um, th- this week I've got probably five appointments, um, you know, with new clients. Uh, yesterday um, I was working with a client uh, that, uh, it's, it's an interesting story, there's three children that are involved. None of them live in Maine. Um, mm-hmm. They they wanted to do as much as they could by themselves, so they brought in a gigundo uh, dumpster um, in the front yard, and um, and wow. my my job for them was to identify things that uh, one of our auction companies will pick up, and then the balance of that of the stuff in the house, whatever they didn't want to keep themselves, uh, end up in the dumpster. We've arranged for um, two other, another organization called Simply Sized Home uh, that handles um, moving management. So they they help coordinate with moving companies and so on and so forth. Um, and they're going to be a participant in this project as well. Um, you know, moving shipping things to the three children that live far away. Um, and so there's an awful lot that goes on, but I can I can do the I can do that work and really in a few hours, um, and then uh, go on to the next one. Uh, this week we're Thursday we're picking up at three different locations with an auction company, uh, so that I um, appear on site. Uh, you know, help maybe box up some of the small stuff, but they do the majority of the loading and the work. Uh, you know, so there's a variety of things, and I can handle you know seven, eight, nine uh, uh, opportunities in any given week. Wow! So it keeps you busy. Stretched, yes, more than. And if we're doing an on-site sale, then that's a concentrated effort where um, we might be on for you know four or five days of preparation and two or three days during the sale. Uh, and then that time ends up needing to be blocked out, you know, for a, for that time period. But I typically, um, we're finding that those are harder and harder to find situations that really work. They need to generate enough revenue to make it worthwhile for me to do that and also for the client, you know, to, to benefit by it. Uh, it, means, it means bringing in additional help and so on and so forth. So it can become costly to do it. So what's interesting to me is like you don't have any employees, but you have all these partners or exactly. um, exactly relationships yeah. that help you run your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. exactly true. And 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 as a result of that, you know, it really makes um, uh, you know my life a lot easier because I really do have people that I ha- I can depend on, but they're not on my payroll. So is it is it seasonal? Do you find that there's more business in the summer than compared to the winter, or is it steady all year round? Um, well, it's it's a very good question as well. Um, we I spend three months in Florida in the winter yeah. time, and uh, during that time that I'm away, uh, the the answer is that there's there's a lot less activity. We're in the Northeast, you know, we get snow and. <laughs> People don't want people traipsing through their homes with wet clothes and boots and everything. Uh, so the months of January, February, and March are pretty slim activity. Um, 
because because everybody has my cell phone number, you know, they, when they call my home, uh, they're directed to my cell phone. I'm in Florida. I do get some calls during the winter months. Most mm-hmm. of the time, unless it's something that's eminent that needs to be done right away, um, uh, they're willing to wait for me to come home. Uh, okay. If that's not the case and they need some fast action, I do have um, the owners of my uh, of, of a couple of my um, auction companies that I work with are able to go in in my place, review the contents, and support the client in that way. Okay. Um, so gotcha. I, you know, I'm I'm away, but I'm not out of business. Right, right, right. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back and talk to Stan Laurie. So stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 866 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Stan Laurie of Stan Laurie Enterprises in Maine. And uh, he works to liquidate homes and does a variety of services around that. It's been a really interesting interview today, uh, talking with Stan about how he's built his business and how he has built relationships to help him, you know, uh, do his business. And so, so Stan, tell us, you know, what what is like your 
what keeps you going in this and and what's what's your passion because it sounds like you are you really know what you're doing obviously you know what you're doing it comes from a long a long you know history of working in retail and doing all of these things i mean what keeps you going and what's your favorite thing about doing this work well, thanks for asking. That, that's a very good question, and I do think about that a lot. Um, and there are really two factors. Um, one mm-hmm. is I'm very passionate about the stuff. I, I really love opening the drawers and, and the cupboards and, and discovering uh, interesting things. But more importantly than that, uh, is is the people that I work with. I really do get a great deal of satisfaction um, from the support that I can give people. Uh, and when I when I identify an item in their house that they had no idea what the heck this thing was or why it was even there, and ex- and can explain to them, you know what it is. They really do appreciate that. Uh, so it's 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 the people. It's um, you know learning about the family history. Um, that really drives my interest, I think. And, of course, yeah. the stuff. I like the stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I'm sure you've, like, found treasures, so many treasures along How the way. How do you let the stuff go? That's what I, That's I think it would question. be hard to, like, you'd buy it, and then, like, you wouldn't be able to watch it move through. Yeah, well, a lot of times, when I, when I buy things for my own inventory, I often have uh, seller's remorse uh, after it goes. I get something yeah. that's really interesting, and then, oh, my God, it's gone, and I, maybe I should have put it on a shelf in my own house. But then, again, I'm married to Joan Laurie, and she, <laughs> likes, uh, she likes a more of a feng shui environment. <laughs> so that's what's happening in our lives. <laughs> So are you are you paring down too? I mean, you said you live in Florida part of the time. Well, I mean, what's next for for your business? Well, I, I think that over time, you know, I'm, I'm I'm becoming more and more selective on the projects that I do. Number one, and we're in the process of selling our home and mm-hmm. downsizing our own home and buying another one. Only the, the only difference is that we're really kind of upsizing. We're actually going to have more space uh, in the new home than we have in the one that we're living in right now. Um, so we're, we're, dealing, we're dealing with that. And I don't think that my, my inventory is certainly saleable. But I, because of the way I approach the business, I'm rather unique in this market. Um, there are antique dealers that you know, specialize in, and buy certain items out of a home and then they're gone. And then mm-hmm. there are people that do estate sales that, um, you know, come into a home and, and set up and do an estate sale only. Uh, and then there's me that has a much broader um, range of interest that has these um, relationships with the auction companies y- using the Internet and all of the different things that I do um, so that, um, you know, it's a business that that's not really saleable um, mm-hmm. except for the inventory portion because um, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, I'm the guy that has developed all of this and I'm not sure that... Um, and the knowledge that I've developed uh, about the products that are in homes um, is something that would take, uh, it's a major uh, learning curve. Um, at 69 years old, um, I've been doing this, you know, since I, early marriage um, in, the, in my 20s. Um, has, this has been an interest of mine. Um, and, mm-hmm. I've, you know, so I, I don't know how easily that, that knowledge is transferred uh, to somebody else. So I don't think it's saleable. I think it's more... 
taking fewer and fewer uh, clients and doing less and less over time until I essentially phase out of out of the business. Would you ever consider training somebody to take over? You know, well, sort of. Uh, I'm not sure if that would be mentoring. Somebody, yeah, mentoring yeah. to just sort of oh, take I'm ha- over. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to mentor people. I would love to do that. Um, you know, I've encouraged my daughter to uh, maybe join me at some point, but you know, she lives in in the D.C. area and has her mm-hmm. has her own interests. Uh, but yes, I certainly would be willing to do that. Um, the uh, ha- you know having a staff person no, but if somebody is interested in in really learning my trade, I'd be happy to share that information. I'd love to see it because I'd love to see the way that I do it. Um, continue um, with somebody else involved. That would be wonderful. Well, and it sounds like you're really providing a service in the market in Maine, which is not really being, you know, it, it, you're, you're filling a need, you know. I mean, you're really coming at it from a holistic perspective. You're not just doing one piece of it. You're, you're really overseeing. You can do many of the pieces, and you can oversee the whole thing. So that's very cool. So, Stan, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find you and, and call you up and have questions for you, or you know, want want the, want you to want them to, or want to fly you out to wherever to do their house? <laughs> yeah, um, if they're willing to fly, um, fl- pay for the flight. I'm on the next plane. Um, yeah, the uh, very simple way, uh, stanlaurie.com is my okay. website. And uh, so they can go on the website. Uh, there's uh, an opportunity to um, email me through that. Uh, okay. There's also, um, you know, a, 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 I think my phone number is in there as well. And I'm happy to field calls uh, and share whatever knowledge I have uh, from people near and people afar as well. Awesome. So standalone.com awesome. is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stan, for being on our show today. And uh, Jody, I mean, another phenomenal show. What can we say? We're kicking it, right? I know. It's just so fun because we have such diversity of guests. I mean, we go from startups in the IT space to um, uh, home liquidator. So I love it. Yeah, There's a lot of different kinds of business out there. Yeah, so stay tuned. You're definitely going to want to tune into some of our our shows uh, coming up in August. We have some great guests planned, and you know you can always check out our archives. Um, we are on Facebook. Let's get radical. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, and you know we always encourage you to leave a review because it helps us get more listeners. And also, if you have any ideas for guests or you yourself would like to be on a guest on our show, please reach out to us, Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical Anything else, Jody, that we need to mention? Nope. You know my favorite thing is just leave us some love on iTunes. Leave us some love. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Stan, for being with us today, and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Radical.